So we are in the middle of a sermon series called Resurrection Eve. And we started that sermon series a few weeks ago before the snowpocalypse that took out one of our worship <laughs> gatherings a couple of Sundays ago. And talking about, um, it's a unique kind of sermon series that because our church family is in significant transition, significant change, how is it that we kind of go through this change together? One of the things that is um, inevitable is big transitions in churches, big transitions in your individual home life, and oftentimes, because of all of the emotions that are a part of that, the grief that's a part of that, the anticipation that's a part of that, we don't often have collective mature language for how do we do this together? That's really what this sermon series has been about is how do we do this together? And in truth, I also recognize because I've had conversation with a few of you that this is also helping you navigate transition in your own life. And that's also a piece of this puzzle, too. Uh, as I'd say, as Americans in West Michigan in 2024, we don't talk enough about what this is, and we don't disciple enough around this so that we feel healthy in it. And so that's what the series is all about, really. Um, and so hopefully you're gathering nuggets and different things. Today is going to be a unique one um, because uh, we wanted to actually have some moment of like, okay, what does that look like applied? The first Sunday I preached about winter, which is this kind of specific, like it's this general, not specific, general kind of season that every single person, every single body of believers go through where you want it to be robust and exciting and growing, and it's not. It's actually cold, um, but it's a time of maturing and solidifying what God's already grown. It's a time of putting into practice what you have been taught by the Spirit. It's a time of, of getting solid so that in the next season, when new things start to bud, it has something to attach to, to grow to, right? Like that's kind of what a spiritual winter looks like. And last Sunday, Tiana preaching about dying to self, which, yeah, it's general in terms of every Christian needs to go through it. But there's also a pointed specific nature to that as well. One of the things that's, that is true in family transitions and even church transitions is I have my way of navigating it. I have my thought. I have my feeling. I have this. And we tend to kind of get stuck there. We get stuck in that. And so there is an element to what it is to be healthy in our relationship with God and our relationship with one, or that in one another that invites us to honestly dying to ourselves for the glory of God and for the good of our whole body. And so I want to read this portion of scripture that's in Romans. Um, and 
we were talking about this this week, like, what, is, what do we feel like is also happening in this series? And this was one of the verses that came up. It's in Romans chapter 12. Um, it's not unfamiliar, but I'm going to read it. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. I'm going to pause there for a moment because we don't oftentimes like really settle into that sacrifice part <laughs> because we don't really have an image for that. We just don't. We're like, oh, sacrifice. That's like when I put something in an envelope and I put it in the plate and that's great. That's my sacrifice. Yay. <laughs> nope. Not going to be gruesome, but I need you to know that something dies there. <laughs> like, like Jesus, we are invited to putting something on a cross and allowing it to pass. For God's glory. The living part is that you don't, like Jesus already did the physical, natural dying part, so you don't have to do that. But like Christ, we're invited constantly to God. I want to give you this. And the hard part about that is, I'm just be honest, one of the hardest parts about it is when what I think, what I feel, what I need is good, and it's right. And I'm afraid that God will burn it all up like everything else, and I need us to know that the truth of how this works, it's a resurrection eve, which means whatever is needed in the next season will rise again. Whatever is not needed is the part that actually stays dead, right? And that's a trust part. That's really difficult. That next part, next verse, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the customs of this world. Don't copy the customs of this world. I'm going to be honest, when I was younger, particularly in grief, and I have been tempted in the last few weeks to return back to it. <laughs> I don't want to feel anything that's heavy. I don't want to feel anything that doesn't make me immediately smile. <laughs> I don't want to feel it. Yeah, we got to go through it, but let's just go through it and be done with it. I don't want to feel it. As Christine will say about me, I am a rip the band-aid off kind of person. Let's just, mm, we're done. <laughs> Some of y'all like, uh, just a little, soak it a little bit, soak it. Like, <laughs> I'm not a soak it kind of person. I'm gonna just rip it off and then let's move on because I don't want to feel anything, we're done. But that's not just me. I know it's not just me because I've talked to some of y'all. <laughs> I know it's not just me. It's much easier for us to not think about what we're feeling right now unless what's happening next. Let's just go on forward. Let's just think about what's happening next. And uh, that feels kind of like Paul talking to us for a moment. I know he's talking to me when he says, don't get caught up in the customs of this world. 
There's another piece, too. Some of us get stuck in what we feel. We're so stuck in what we feel that we can't see that there's a resurrection coming. We're just in the death part. Don't copy the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and perfect, excuse me, and pleasing and perfect. Those two verses are, in essence, the thing that connects the winter and that dying to self moment for us. If we're going to actually, in our personal lives and as a church, transition with health in a way that glorifies God and is good for us, then a part of what we do is, God, I got all kinds of thoughts about this. I got all kinds of feelings. Help me see clearly. I place how I feel to aside for a moment. Help me see clearly. And I ask questions and I process. And the moment that I feel like I need to get back to the way in which I navigated my emotions as a 20-something Chase, you have lived through enough of this to know that that's not the way we're doing this. Right? And so how do we make that practical? Because that's not actually easy. That's super kind of ambiguous at times. Today's sermon will be brought to you by some testimonies. (laughs) Um, Because at the end of the day, we need to actually see this lived out. How do you do that? You actually see it lived out. And so there are, so we kind of thought through what are some testimonies that, uh, excuse me, what are some things, ways in which we can see this lived out? Testimonies, all right, Lord, who? And then it was like people who just kind of like came out of the woodwork. <laughs> it was like, oh, you, okay, great. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about your testimony. Oh, that fits, wow, that actually, that feels like that's supposed to be here. So the First testimony is actually um, from a, a teen. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go ahead and tell your story and I'm going to sit you. back here. What's good, fam? How y'all doing? <laughs> I like interacting with the group. So, how was y'all's 2023? Like, just go ahead and tell me. Y'all can raise your hand if y'all thought it was good. Dang. All right. Um, mine wasn't that great either. Um, a part of last year and how um, my journey last year, I had like two goals, which was to like make money and uh, grow a closer relationship with God. And I had 26 cents in my cash app, so clearly only one of them work. It was it was the God one. So, um, I hey hey now. Um, so a part of growing up was I had to realize that I had to start my relationship with God journey over again, and that happened in December. And what they don't tell you about. Um, growing and starting the relationship over in a more adult way is not only is it not easy, it's not aesthetic as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Like, it's not one of them Instagram type of backpacking across Europe type journey. It's more like a Dora the Explorer type journey where you kind (laughs) of 
directionally challenged most of the time, not even knowing what you're doing for real. And so, <laughs> like, it really kind of just started in December in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. because why not do it in the middle of the day? Because that's just not how that works. So you got to do it at midnight, apparently. And I was hit with an epiphany. If y'all don't know what an epiphany is, like getting hit with like a spiritual brick of like just in the head. Like, wow, I didn't know that was real. Um, so I was having a little conversation with God and we was like on one on one. He was I was like talking about like my origins and how Christianity started for me. And then God was like, well, did you choose being a Christian or did you just think you had to be a Christian? And I was like, oh, um, like, all right, well. Um, and so the more I really thought about it, keep in mind, this is all at 3 a.m. I ain't got time for all that. I wanted to go to sleep. But um, the more I thought about it, it's really sad because it all came to one conclusion. You didn't choose God because of faith and love. You chose him out of fear of rejection. Ah, that was hard to hear, but it was true. Um, I kind of was like a Christian from 14 all the way to being born because I thought if I didn't, I would be rejected by my family and all my friends and that people would look at me different. And since I have passed their parents and everybody around me is super religious and it just, it's just like, I don't want to be that one weird person that's like just questioning it all the time. Just like, well, what if he's not real, y'all? Like, well, what if the Big Bang really did happen kind of situation? <laughs> I don't want to be that one weird person like, oh, well, um, okay. So I was kind of, I just kind of just went with it. I got baptized. We probably going to have to do that again, by the way. Um, <laughs> we probably going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Except <laughs> Jesus in my heart. We probably have to do that again, too. Just, just spray it down. No. Um, and so, like, God was like, we're going to have to start that over again because that wasn't real love because force isn't love. Um, I had to choose him out of faith. And so now I had to, like, reset. And starting this year, I am now a Christian by my own. I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> With that being said, I don't, I used to fold over the term do it for Jesus kind of situation. Like, are you going to dance? Maybe. Just do it for Jesus. Oh, well, all right. And so now I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what I want for Jesus, right? whether that's singing or dancing or painting or just learning because I'm still a student and you can't be teaching people if you're still learning something. That just, that don't make no sense. But, um, so now I'm just doing it in my own terms, just going to. I'm just going to learn right now because I can't be practicing what I preach if I'm still learning the thing that I'm pre that's being preached, Amen. if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm teaching y'all that if you grew up as a pastor's kid, if you grew up in the church and you think you have to, you don't have to. It's, sim it's a choice. It's kind of like that situation with that relationship in a marriage where I don't need you, I choose you kind of situation. I need God, but I need to also choose him. I felt it wasn't really a choice at first. I didn't feel as if it was a choice. <laughs> and it's hard to think about when you get into a really dark place because the 2020s were a very dark place for me, but like it kind of, it got better over time. But like, 
it's kind of hard to think about, like, if you question. I thought if you question God, man, you're not even a believer for real. If you don't, que- if you be questioning him, questioning his existence and questioning how the earth started at first. And since I'm a logical person and I want answers and evidence to back up <laughs> anything, uh, and, like, I, I'm a visual learner, so I want some pictures in that book, too. So, um, like, I was like, well, there's, like, other things, too. Like, there, there, that can't be it. That can't. There can't be one person that created all this when there are little kids who don't know seven times seven. Like, like there's no way that some celestial being made the entire world. And so I wasn't entirely convinced, but I never told nobody that for real. I was like, well, I mean, everybody else is following Jesus, so why don't I? It's not that big of a deal. I mean, I listen to Christian hip hop and, and dance to Christian hip hop, and I like Christianity, so why not just keep going with it? And so I wasn't, like, I was in, but I wasn't in for real. And so now, as I get older, and I actually start making my own decisions on where I go and what I do, I'm going to learn that Christianity isn't force, it's choice. So you're going to have to, like, I'm going to have to put the work in to really make it work, y'all. Make it work. (laughs) So if for any of the teenagers out there who are confused, who were raised to be a Christian and think there ain't no other way, there is another way, but... This way is this way is better, you know. This way's better. All right, y'all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh my gosh! And she's. Oh my gosh. Huh? Oh my gosh. I'm going to let you know right now. I was like, uh, so tell me what you're going to talk about. Like, I don't want to take away the moment of surprise, but uh, like that right there. Like, oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, all right. Bless the Lord on my soul. That feels, that feels good. <laughs> um, that's where we're going next too with the next testimony. It is this kind of moment of realizing there's a way that I've been that needs to actually not be anymore for me to be who I believe and want to be moving forward. And um, so kind of like that testimony, you know, just sprung up as we started thinking and praying about it. Um, So did another. Um, I'm going to ask Pete to come up because... um, Here you go, my brother. I'm going to move this real quick, though. So I can tell you how God brought me through a, a long winter season of my life. It started in May of 2022 when I was complaining to God. I was off base, but I said to God um, that I was sensitive and wounded in childhood and I wasn't protected, that I had to struggle through several mental conditions for 30 years in adulthood, and I said to God, when are you going to rescue me? And God said, actually, I have blessed you and I have carried you throughout your whole life. I have never left you nor forsaken you. You are, you are well equipped for the next adventure that I have in store, and when are you going to fully rely on me? And then 
So I feel that's what God the Father said to me, but then the Holy Spirit stepped in and said, you can do it. You can let go. You can stop worrying. You can take responsibility and trust. And I said, oh, yeah, I can do it. Like, in my life is such good news. Oh, I better try to have a better attitude then. And then the next thing that happened was October 15, 2022 at 2 p.m. My dad ran after me, and he gave me a big hug, and he said, I love you. And I felt that the Holy Spirit had done a miracle to us. The Holy Spirit had reconciled us after we had spent most of our lives dis disliking each other. My dad had been wounded and scarred for life. He had been proud and insecure. I had rebelled against him and against God. I had left Christianity with the excuse that my dad had neglected me and, and he was an asshole. And, and, if I, and, and if he represented Christianity, then I wanted nothing to do with it. But, but I was wrong. The Holy Spirit ended up reconciling me with my dad and showed me that I, I needed to have everything exactly the way it was and I needed the dad that I had. Then eight months later, my dad died, and he had written his own funeral, and it was all about Jesus. And I realized that I had to be all about Jesus, too, and if necessary, I would have to decrease so that Jesus could increase. I played a song on my violin for the funeral, and that said, um, Just as I am without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. Just as I am, I come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, through fights and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come. This renewed my commitment to Jesus and brought me to stop drinking on July 22. And I have been attending AA meetings and recovery meetings for six months. I can see now, I can start to see, my ways are never God's ways, and I can just barely start to see God's ways now, that it is good for me to be an alcoholic, and that, and that God is, is using my alcoholism to bear fruit, and I am thankful um, to be an alcoholic, and the recovery meetings uh, connect me with other addicts, and we grow together, and I'm reminded of the scene from The Chosen where James is crippled and asks Jesus to take it away. And Jesus says, I trust you with it. And I, I realize now that this is how um, God is going to use me. My recovery journey um, from alcoholism is, is very similar to my faith journey. I first admit that I have a problem, and then God takes care of me and, and shows me that he has actually taken care of me the whole time. I am going to continue to identify as an alcoholic and also as a person with several mental conditions. Um, I am going to be in a kind of weak position um, where I have to fully rely on God. But it, in my weakness, God is glorified. God has redeemed my whole life, and, and he is using everything for good. And that is how God has brought me into kind of a spring season and out of a long winter season. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so come on up here, Gaynell. No. <laughs> so. Go for it. I don't even say.
I had to take off my shoes, y'all. Those testimonies have me crying. So I'm going to sing a song um, before going into what I have to say. Just like our other two lovely testimonies, witnesses, witnesses of God's goodness. Um, I have been through many winters myself. Um, to start it all off, I think it's important for y'all to know sort of like a little bit of my background. So when I was four, if you asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was always like, doctor. I want to be a doctor. And then at seven, um, after my cousin, my favorite cousin. Yes, I had a favorite. Um, my favorite cousin passed on. I remember the drive from the funeral back home. It was like two hours. And the entire time in the car, I was thinking to myself, I know my cousin's gone home to Jesus, and I want to see him again. I want to see my family again. And I started questioning, like, you know, really thinking about the things I was being taught in church about Jesus, the resurrection, and like Christ dying for our sins. And when I got home in my parents' garden, I said, Mommy, what do I do? And she sat there and she prayed with me. And I was like, okay, I know I'm going home to be with God. That being said, death and being alive in Christ is a daily thing. It talks about in order to live in Christ, we need to die to self. And, you know, you're a child. You have things that you want. You have things that you desire. And you go through and you're, you know, different points in time. You get these epiphanies, as Minister Olivia would say. <laughs> um, where I started to realize different ways in which the desires I had did not necessarily match up with what God had for me. And so, you know... I knew God was calling me to be a physician, and multiple times I would be like, every time I would experience struggle, like it was difficult, I, was like, I would question, is this really what you want me to do, God? Because like I'm teaching other people, and they're getting A's, and I am barely passing this class. And so as I'm going through that, and like all of the turmoil, and all of the racking my brain, and just like all the emotions that came with it, it was very difficult. And every single time, God would be like, this is what I'm calling you to do. I'm like, can I be a farmer, though? Like, please. Nope. This is what I'm calling you to do. Um, different prophets would come in and, like, minister to us as youths and spend time with us and really help us develop our giftings, like the fruits of the Spirit and understand Scripture and being able to read the Scripture and even preach and sing and all of these different talents. And so fast forward, I am two years away from graduating from med school. And I, <laughs> so this is 2017, I've already graduated. 
<laughs> but the, you know, it's my third year of med school, and I still am uncertain. Everyone knows where they're going to go, what they're going to do, what specialty they want to, to do, and how they want to serve people. And I'm over here like, I like mental health, I like women's health. I don't really know. Am I just choosing these things because everyone else is choosing it? And then um, senior year comes, and my husband and I, he's going to come up after me. We were praying about where God wanted us to move. And God sent us to Michigan in 2019 to a state that doesn't recognize my license. And I'm like, God, really? Really? You, what now? You're sending me to where? Okay. Okay. And I experienced substantial adversity during that time. And then opened up the practice in 2020, January, March, pandemic hit. And I'm at home. I'm at home. And I'm at home. <laughs> and I was really wrestling. And this, all of what I'm telling you right now was my winter. And it lasted six years. Six years. It did not necessarily have to last that long. It didn't necessarily have to last that long. But I fought it. I didn't want to rest because I had been used to, you go from this thing to this thing. I was in school for 26 years at the time that I graduated. And there was no really break from being in school. And I was trying to find other ways to serve people. And my godmother over there was like, maybe I should go back to school and get my master's. She's like, you don't need it. Talking to my husband, maybe I should, you know, go for this degree or this degree. And everyone around me is like, you don't need it. God has already prepared you for where he is taking you. So rest in him. Amen. <laughs> and it took me not having anywhere else to go. To actually, to actually... Not just in my head say I believe that the Lord is my provider. That God has, that wherever God is calling me, he will prepare me. But I actually had to cry out to God and actually curse at him. And just like, look, I'm mad about this. I'm mad about this. I'm really grieved. I'm sorrowful. Like, I can't take this anymore. For me to realize that some of exactly what Chase was talking about, the desires of, that you have are good. And you're scared that God is going to burn it. And during that winter, winter, yes, is a time of death. But that death, what dies, become the fertilizer for what lives. And I don't know what tomorrow holds or what my life will look like. But I can tell you that I'm sold out for Christ. And each day now is an opportunity. And I feel like I'm really starting to exercise, you know, not just, oh, this opportunity looks good, but asking God, is this the opportunity you want me to say yes to? Yes. Because just because it's good doesn't mean it's good for you specifically. Yes. And so when I sang that song, I surrender all, each day I have to be like, God, I give it to you. 
You are the author of my story. You are Alpha and, be- and Omega, the beginning and the end. Amen. That even before I existed, you knew me and cared for me. That the psalmist says that you knit me together in my mother's wombs. That every star in the sky, you know them by name. Everything that you have created, you know them. You know what they need, you know what they want, and you know what is best. And that ultimately, God desires to have a relationship with us. Just like Olivia said, it's not about like you don't have a choice. You can choose any other way you want, right? But Jesus said, I am the way. The easiest way to get access to God. And that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What that means is, if everything you give to me doesn't feel heavy, it might feel heavy to you, but give it to me anyway. That no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter if, whether it's in between, give it to me because I care for you more than you even care for yourself. Amen. That I love you more than your spouse. I love you more than you love yourself or anyone that you can imagine as loving you. I love you best. And I want you to come to me. So to God be the glory. Amen. I grew up in a tradition that had like testimony services. And like, there would be this deacon that would just like stand up in the middle of it. God has smiled on me. He has set me free. God has smiled on me. He's been good to me. Like that would just be like, oh, yeah. There's a pattern that um, of surrender, and there's one more testimony, but there's a pattern of surrender in this um, that I don't want to become something that we look at as this over-Christianizing. So I want to point that out because I like pointing to elephants in rooms. It's easy to just say it like, yes, surrender your thoughts, surrender your feelings. Like it's been six years and just give it all to God and he'll take care of it. And but when you're in the middle of that, let me tell you what. That doesn't feel like that. I need to make that clear. It doesn't feel like I want to just give it. (laughs) I love the fact that, Gaynell, you talked about fighting it. Because we... That is more like who we are than not. As humans, we'll fight it. And this week, in the middle of uh, this week, we were having um, a leadership meeting, and we were talking, uh, we were reading in James chapter 1. And <clears throat> James chapter 1, having this portion of Scripture where it says 
that we should count it all joy when we're going through stuff because when we're navigating these challenging things, our endurance has an opportunity to grow and let it grow. And when we will, we'll be lacking nothing, right? But then a little bit later in the chapter, it also says that when you're going through something, don't say God's tempting you. Like, and, there, and there's this portion of Scripture, like this portion in there where it like kind of puts test and temptation in the same sentence, <laughs> And there's this need to comb through the difference. So what we talked about in that time is that God invites us to growth. God invites us with tests. It's to say, I know that's important to you, but are you willing to give it to me? That's a test, right? It's not a temptation. It's a test. It's an invitation. But let's be real. That's a stressful invitation. (laughs) That's an incredibly dark and challenging and stressful invitation. I do not want to. Let's just be real. I don't want to. I have a way. I have made it very clear here that I'm down for God's will. I just don't know if I'm always down for God's way. (laughs) So when God's like, I want my will and my way, that's when I like, Can we do your will my way? I promise it'll still be good. Are you willing to give it? Uh, Yes, halfway, kind of. Let me hold a string of it. God's like, no, I want all of it. Mm, I don't want you to have any of it then. That's the temptation part. See, the temptation part is my own desires beckon me to do it my way beckon me to find a way to kind of cope so I don't have to deal with the stress. And we end up in winter longer. We end up in winter longer because we can't move forward until that part's done. You ready to move forward? Not yet. I'm patient. Guess what? Time doesn't do anything to me. This is God, right? I don't care about time. I got all the time in all of creation, all the universe. You know what? Time. You're the only one worried about time, not me. I'll sit here, third grade teacher style. I'll wait. I'm going back to my desk. (laughs) You ready for recess? Too bad. But when... We get to a space where we can actually say, your will, your way. Spring starts showing up in ways that feel miraculous. That pattern is true. So even as we go into this last testimony, I needed to point to that elephant for us. Right? All right. Come on up here, Mr. Nave Joshua. Okay, so start off. I am not a man of strong spirit. If I start getting twitchy or anxious, just ignore that. That's me. Focus on the Lord, okay? That's me. Okay. So I've been sitting here and, um, you know, my family, uh, Pastor Ben, everyone's saying, like, we need some testimonies. I'm like, okay, I, I've got a lot of spiritual winters I've gone through in my life. 
Um, and I'm sitting there, and actually the hardest thing to come up with was which spiritual winter to speak about my life, right? Should I talk about, you know, when my mom passed away? Should I talk about when I moved um, away from my hometown and lost everything I'd ever known, um, spent four to five years in the desert? Where, which spiritual winter should I go through? And I'm glad you find that amusing. <laughs> it was hard to figure out which one, right? Winter is a, um, you know, if any, all y'all who live here in Michigan, it's a normal thing that we experience regularly in our life. It is part of the pattern of how God made things to be, right? So I decided I was led to, um, it's kind of the winter I am in right now, actually. I've been in a spiritual winter for about four months now. Um, uh, about five, six, maybe seven months ago, I made the foolish, foolish decision to ask the Lord to grow my faith, which is always a mistake uh, and a blessing, right? And so the Lord um, had made pretty clear to me over the last uh, one to two years of my life that I had gotten too comfortable again. Right? I have often said to families, friends, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that I actually find it hardest to see the Lord in the good times because when everything is good, do I really need the Lord's help? Like, I've got all these provisions, I've got all these blessings. Do you really need to seek the Lord when everything is great, right? Mm. So I foolishly forget that often when I'm asking the Lord to teach me to grow in him again. And blessedly, he's a good father, and he brings me to another spiritual winter. Four months ago, I, um, I've been sitting very pretty in my job here as a um, private practice therapist, for, I don't know, five years since I came to Grand Rapids, and I had gotten to a point where, like, I, I'm, I'm not seeking the Lord. I'm not seeking the Lord. I'm not asking the Lord for his direction, for where he's going, because, like, the bills are paid. Life is good. We've got retirement set up. Like, we, we got things going. Like, what do I really need the Lord? For four months ago, he, um, you know, he'd been leading me this over the last year, that I'm going to move you out of the place you're working, you're going to go out on your own, and you're going to try to figure out all of this on your own so you can learn to trust me. And I decided that was a foolish decision, and I was going to reject that as long as I could until a set of circumstances uh, quickly and suddenly removed me from the team that was doing all of my back-end work for all of the stuff I work with clients. So Tuesday has come along, suddenly something, this, this event has occurred, and I am now without any of the capacity to serve the 40 Two, 42 different clients I currently care for. Um, and I have, I've got eight clients coming up Wednesday. I've got clients throughout the week. I've got people that I have been put um, in my care by God to serve, to, to shepherd, and I have no way to do it. So obviously that was kind of stressful, maybe just a little bit, right? To suddenly go, not only am I going to fail these clients, I'm going to fail these people, I don't even have the resources. I'm, I'm going to run out of the resources to provide for our family. Gaynell's grown her business. Gaynell's grown her business. I have been the one to provide all these things. How will I do all of these things? And the Lord has been teaching me over those four months. He's been with me every step of the way to say, you were never supposed to do all of these things by yourself. Yes, Carmelita, yes. <laughs> we're never supposed to do these things by yourself. You were always supposed to be checking with me. I've been in the faith all my life, right? And I have foolishly gotten to a place of believing that if I understood enough of the Lord's will, I didn't have to ask him for anything anymore. I just knew what he wanted so I could just go do it. 
Yes, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. I'm like, I got it all figured out. It's obvious, but he, he, he gently told me that day, like, my son, I am proud of you. I'm happy about everything you've been doing. I just wish you would talk to me more. I wish you would spend time with me more. I wish you would rely on me more. I wish you would let me take the burden more, right? So, I don't know, like... I'm talking to clients. I'm thinking every client's going to leave. And he's like, just trust me. I got this. Every client goes, I want to stay. Where are we going to be meeting? I'm like, I have no idea. When will we have a building? No idea. How will insurance come back online? I have no idea. How will this business function? I have no idea. My current business plan is to pray a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's still my current plan. <laughs> what are we going to do for marketing, Lord? Pray a lot. Okay. Sounds good. So I'm going to talk for a moment about some of the blessings that have come during that time, but please don't get confused. I am still very much in the middle of this spiritual winter, right? Within less than a few days, right, I had all my clients' charts moved over. I had the ability to provide care to my clients. My, my friends and colleagues go, how did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I prayed a lot, and it just kind of happened. It just kind of worked, Right. I had a building that I provide space out of for clients. Then the next week, how did you do that? I don't know. I prayed a lot about it, and it just kind of worked, right? I had people come alongside me, even in this church, to help me set up a website and get things started so people could start finding me. I'm like, how did you do that? I don't know. I just prayed a lot, and it kind of worked, right? The Lord has been with me every step of this journey for the past four months. There are daily, hourly, sometimes minutely prayers that I am sending out to the Lord, and he is constantly trying to challenge and remind me that this is for my benefit and his glory, right? And so I kind of want to, because again, I am not out of the middle, out, I'm not out of this winter yet. Like I could say a lot of good things and everything I say about what's happening definitely leads the idea that everything is fine and I have nothing to be stressed about. Not from my perspective. I was thinking about winter when I was writing this, and I was thinking about how we all love to complain and hate on winter. Maybe some of you out there are like me and kind of see the beauty of winter, right? Amen. The snow falls and the world finally slows down, right? Amen. Life is still. Life is not dead. There are some things that die, but life is at rest, right? It is finally slowing down, right? And I don't know about y'all, but I have learned throughout the years that I see the Lord most, I hear the Lord most, the Lord speaks to me most when I am still. When I am still, when I am, I don't have the ability to go kayaking, I don't have the ability to go camping or hiking, I can't be outside all the time, We're no, there's no barbecues right now, there's just me needing warmth and comfort, warmth and comfort, and that is a beautiful thing to be in the midst of winter. I have been more stressed at this season of my life than any other is that right? Yes, any other season in my life I can think of. I had to think about it. There's been a lot of stressful things, right? And I find myself grateful for this winter. Again, I will say winter is a beautiful thing. I hope this winter does not end too soon. I am not fighting this winter. I am not fighting this winter. And I hope it lasts as long as it needs to, to continue seeing the work done in me that the Lord is going to make with this winter. So for all of you who are going through anything similar, don't, yes, don't fight it. And yes, you can look forward to spring, but find the goodness in this winter because this season was ordained by God. And through your suffering, through your hardship, you will become hungry for him. You will become 
filled with a desire to see him again. I do not remember the last time I've come to church and be like, I just can't wait to worship. And the last several Sundays, I'm like, oh my God, the worship's been great, right? <laughs> I'm looking forward to the presence of the Lord. So I think that's it. Yeah, I feel like that's it. Thank you. Uh, hey, let's actually just kind of thank everybody for their giving their testimony. Um, that was a good bow, so I don't have to, I don't have much work to do at this point. Um, um, it's a different kind of Sunday, but I actually want you to take what was actually here and go to God with it. That nothing that was said or done should overshadow and silence what we're feeling or what we're thinking. Actually, not at all. It should give us courage to bring what we're feeling and thinking to God. God's strong enough to carry that. So, if you're able, stand with me, because that's actually the end of the day. Regardless of what season you're in, in your soul, regardless if you're experiencing an invitation to death leading to resurrection, that may not be where you are right now, but if you are, glory to God. We as a family are together experiencing those things. And so, family, may we winter well. May we continue to trust the Lord as we go into transition after transition. May we give to God what needs to be given, trusting that he will resurrect what needs to be resurrected. And the moment that we feel that we can't, may we remember these testimonies. I have sisters and brothers who did it, and so I can too. <laughs> go in that confidence. Love y'all. See you next week.